Blog Talk Radio. But now, okay, so 
also, uh, I talked about Power Book 2. I'm going to talk about that in a, in a minute. And i got to talk to y'all about Swarm, okay? I had to laugh when I saw the name Swarm and what it was about. So today I was at my, when I went to my beauty, a beautician and got my braids done. Shout out to uh, Shekinah, CC the Great. If you ever need braids done or hair, or hair she does all kind of, she doesn't just specialize in braids. She does weave, lace fronts, everything, uh, everything, anything you can think of. Uh, shout out to CC the Great. Shekinah, you guys, she's in the DFW area, really good, okay? But, and you know what's really cool? She has a, a, cosmo, a cosmetology classes that she does for children. So if there's anybody out there, you know, you guys want to like to donate or something like that or talk to her about how you can help her with that, you know, you guys can reach, look her, her up, I think it's cctheGreat.com or she has a whole uh she has a whole website and everything, so you can look up that. I, I think that's really cool what she does. But so I just wanted to shout out, shout out that for a minute. But back to the story. So I went to go get my hair the other day. She was asking me, "Have you seen Swarm?" And so she, so we didn't watch it, but we watched instead Chris, some of Chris Rock's special. But she was just, we were, we were talking about. It. I was like, "No, I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait." You know, and as you all know, Swarm is based on kind of like the Beehive, right? Which I, I was laughing when they called it a swarm because I didn't know that this show was going to be based, like I knew it was based on like fandomonium and stuff like that, but I really didn't put it all together because a couple of weeks ago, that's what I called the beehive a swarm. I said, it's really not a hive, it's a swarm. <laughs> and so it's so funny to see uh, this thing that's loosely, it's not really about Beyonce. They they changed the name of this superstar, but you can tell they're mimicking the idea of Beyonce and fans and how obsessive like stands can you know you can you, you can become a stand so yeah so yeah we're going to talk about that in a minute okay uh what else okay so also this week so i had i had a really wild thing happened to me okay so i think i told you guys i've been doing auditions and stuff right and so i did this audition a while back and i was like "Mm," you know for a for a particular theater group i can't really tell y'all too much now but it's a particular theater group i've done an audition for and so i'm still not really kind of sure what they're doing but uh it, it, it could be really good for me so i was like i thought i just didn't make it and i didn't think anything of it so i get a call like this week, and I'm like, well, oh, it's from the theater group, and I'm like, what the heck? This is about a month and a half, and so they say, I call back, and they say, hey, we were wondering why you weren't at orientation, you know, you made the group, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but they never contacted me, so it's so weird, okay? And so they're this particular group, you know, I'm supposed to go to another orientation, in like in, I don't know, in um, in April. So I will tell you guys kind of keep up with with it for then but i'm excited i'm so excited so you know because this is a really good group so i am excited so we shall see okay all right so i wanted to tell you all about that because i was telling you all about some of my auditions but that that was a good one i was excited about that i need to tell you all good news from there okay so i will kind of like let you guys know about that also i know i'm supposed to be doing the six month thing for you guys i am doing that i will explain I wanted to explain it this today today, but I didn't really have time to to 
explain it where I can explain Here's what I basically tell you guys to do. This is my thing of what I'm doing with the six-month thing. You can write out, you know, your short-term and your long-term goals. You know guys know how to do Some people don't know how. But goals you have for yourself, goals of if it's, if you have three major goals, weight loss, whatever it is, you know, put them for yourself, set dates and times in the short term and long term. really helps me, okay? But I was going to give you guys more detail about how to do that, but I haven't really written it out where I can do that for you guys, only for myself. So I'm going to try to um, do that within the next coming weeks on the show, okay? When I, give me some time. Y'all know how I be doing, okay? I be everywhere, okay? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... I just wanted to share that news with you guys, okay? So that's my exciting week this week. Okay, so now going into Swarm. I think I need to talk about that first. Or should I talk about Power? No, let's talk about Power, okay? Power Book 2, Ghost Return. Um, This week, I think they have a new showrunner this year. I'm not sure. It returns and there's new enemies uh, upon Tyreek. These enemies seem even more dangerous. The stakes seem higher. Um, Here's if I don't want to give you guys, if you have not seen Power Book 2 Ghost, you want to turn off for about 10 minutes or 5 or 10 minutes while I go through this, because I'm going to give a spoiler, okay? Okay, so what... I did like and I didn't like about it. Um, I feel like they're taking too long. I know Tyreek's in college, but I feel like I want Tyreek to gain a sense of maturity, not only on the on his smarts and his wits, but on the fighting side. Like I want, I feel like I want Tyreek to take self-defense class or something like that to make Tyreek tougher, because yes, I can believe his wits are dangerous and he's a gangster and Tyreek's a killer. We know he's a sociopath, but I would like to see more of Tyreek gradually going into toughness a little bit, you know. That's just what I like. I mean, we know he's tough, but it's in a different way. He's dangerous in a different way. But I like to see a little bit more of that side for him to this year. I hope we get to see that. Uh, these new uh, people who are from across the pond, we were introduced to the character Norma, who was also, uh, strangely enough, engaged to Mecca, supposedly. Well, we know he asked. Mary J, um, uh, uh, what is her name? Uh, Oh, God, I'm going blank. But we know he asked uh, the the character Mary J plays uh, uh, to marry him, and he gave, he was supposedly bought this blue diamond for her. But come to find out, Norma, he makes a grand interest into (laughs) her and her crew, into. the uh, Power Book 2's first episode, and they're wanting to know where's the ring and who killed Mecca, okay? So we know this is going to be a showdown, okay? We we know that this is, it, it's already starting off with a number of high uh, drama. At the end, 
we see also, oh, and then we have uh, with the character of Method Man, you know, his brother's in jail, and a lot of people suspect that Method Man did a crime and his brother went to jail for him. Well, now his brother is dying. Method Man is trying to get him out of jail. He's using sacks to do that, and so the stakes have become even higher because Method Man finds out his brother doesn't have long to live, and so he's trying to get a transplant for him, okay? So, and then the shocker of all shock. Oh, yeah, and Effie and Tyreek are now a thing, right? <laughs> and you feel like in the background lurking is Diana. Like Diana, you feel like Diana has not given up on Tyreek yet, <laughs> right? So uh, even though she's playing it cool, you just still get the sense of that. But also entering the fray, again, which I, I'm going to say, I didn't like, because I, I already knew, I had a feeling that she might not be dead. And this is where the spoiler comes in. In the end, we find out that Di, I mean, that Lauren is still alive. And also during this conversation, um, the DA, I forget her name, she has a talk with Sex, and she reveals she has a CI in on Tyree's crew. So everybody's wondering, is this CI Effie? Because Lauren, who we thought Effie killed, is alive. How the fuck did that happen? So this has got a the power. It's got a potential to have some great storylines this um, this year. Uh, and plus, also we're we're coming in about Zeke's funeral. Everybody knows Monet's Monet. That's it. Monet, Mary J. Blige's characters. Uh, her her long lost son was killed accidentally by her husband, and Monet is angry and looking for the killer. Meanwhile, Norma is looking for Mary J because we all know Mary J and uh, um, Mary J and Tyreek killed Mecca. Okay, so it is going. It's it's it has a potential to be explosive. However, you know I always feel. Like this is Courtney Kemp's baby, and it, and I loved watching her live last year because it feels like it's still her baby, and I would really, I hope they don't stray too far because I'm seeing little things that I don't like. I didn't like Lauren being alive again. I mean, I really wanted Lauren to just go ahead and stay dead. I understand the storyline that's going to come up from that, the potential storylines, but I actually liked. I like the idea of, and I'm hearing another brood that Tyreek is going to have another person who I think everybody's going to like, allegedly, we, I don't know if this is true, coming for his affection. Now, rumors are that the girl who plays, uh, I forget her name, uh, she's in the classroom, kind of the hood girl or whatever that everybody likes, is, might be Tyreek's new love interest. I love that idea because she seems a little bit more fun, exciting, a little bit more both. So it'd be interesting to see how that surfaces if that happens this this uh, uh, semester. If they do that, I I also like the idea. I'm gonna tell you, they toyed with it. I hated that they went the way with Zeke and the teacher last because I thought they were gonna go the way with Tyreek and Zeke. I really felt like Tyreek needed an affair with the teacher. Tyreek needs an 
the, yes, we get him having the sex with the kids, but it still makes Tyreek very feel like a little feel like a little boy. I feel like I want Tyreek to have some adult relationship going on somewhere, like a grown woman. I feel like that would be good, and it will kind of grow Tyreek up for us a bit. I I I don't know. There's something they've got to do here because I don't know. I feel like the character, the I feel like the the storylines are outgrowing the character of Tyreek. Tyreek needs to rush to the storylines. So, like, I feel like Tyreek has to be more, a little bit more ominous. A little, I mean, we get that he's a social, but he's like an innocence. He's still like an innocent sociopath. I want to see ghost sociopath, like that kind of thing, that by the time, if there is any truth to the rumor that people think ghost is coming back, by the time that happens, ghost meets a formidable uh, uh, opposition in his son. Or if he never comes back, his son is a formidable uh, what is it? Heir to the ghost strong. <laughs> Even though I hated ghosts, <laughs> and I thought he was the dumbest drug dealer I ever lived. But I digress. Okay, so yeah, so that's what I feel about Power Book Two and its first episode. Uh, we'll we'll be breaking that down. All uh, see, I, I I I'm not sure what I'm feeling. I, Cause yeah, and the report return of Ramirez. I don't know if I like it. I don't. I don't know, and I feel like they gotta kill Sax this year. Sax has to go. You know, like I'm like yes, it's, it's time. And Ramirez too. Like it would be good to do two it all in one swoop. And this crew of you know of misfits that Tyreek hangs around, can't do it. And I actually think this crew of misfits can take Norma and her crew out too. Norma and her crew seem very evil. They came in very shocking, kind of reminded me a little bit of Gangs of, New- Gangs of London. However, I don't think they're tough enough. I think, you know, I just feel that I, I, I don't know. I feel they're scary, but, you know, I feel like Monet's gonna like probably take Norma out rather easily. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if it's the person Norma didn't scare me. I don't know what's the deal. And all the little wise tracks from the African towards America. It's just a weird I don't know. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> the new enemies. They seem very scary, but they're not so scary. I, you know, because when I look at Tyreek and his crew with Kane and all them, they seem even more scarier. And here's the thing. It's weird that Monet and Tyreek wouldn't gather in their head that they've inherited this penthouse like, of all the things, you didn't get any of Mecca's other stuff, but you get this penthouse. It seems kind of weird. Like, Monet and them are seasoned criminals. Tyreek is a seasoned, 
it, it seems like they be like, hey, wait a minute, nobody do any uh, dirt or anything around the, uh, around the penthouse right now, you know? And it seems like Norma would have did her due diligence, too, about the penthouse. Like, she would have already known, like, you know, what the fuck is going on. Like, Norma would have came up in there knowing not to get, get rowdy in the penthouse because the penthouse is being watched. But at the same time, Norma knows that Mecca was a snitch. So she's got to understand that it's being watched, the penthouse. So I found that fascinating because she knew he was her protection to keep, like she said, the people off of her. So why did she why did she come up in there guns a-blazing at the penthouse? You know, it's kind of stupid. Like, I feel like they're stupid London criminals. And that Tyreek and them are going, they're going to be easy prey for Tyreek and the Tejadas by the end of <laughs> Now, I do feel danger for the Tejadas because this is why I'm saying the Tejadas are very smart. Why would the Tejadas be, why, but Monet's not thinking right now because she's hurt about her son, but you would think they would be like, nah, we shouldn't be going up and partying too much in Mecca's. We got to figure out what Mecca was out, because Mecca was a global snitch. So anybody that's inheriting anything or something, you you, you want to be kind of hands off because you're like, let me watch and see what's going, what where his enemies are at and will his enemies stop even with him dead. Will they come after others or people connected to him or stuff like that? All right, has Mecca, does Mecca have some information hid in this place that we don't know about or something? It seems like they'd be smarter criminals than that, you know, everybody. So the first, this is little things I think Courtney wouldn't have missed. <laughs> so I'm a little like, you know, like, uh, I'm a little, you know, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm hoping this is going the right way. I like the first show, the first one, but I'm like, yeah, I'm hoping it gets better. And I'm hoping, hoping too, by the end of this season that we see a cross with Tommy, uh, Power Book Force, the four, the four, was it four, four, four crossing with uh, Power Book Two. We need to see that. That would be dope. I I, I think that Power Book, uh, Tommy's Power Book 4 needs Tyreek them just as much as uh, needs them, needs Tyreek. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I really believe that. I think that that, that can work. I hope we get to see a cross, a crossing of that, and we get to it, and it stays a little bit consistent for them for a little bit. Okay, so yeah, that's my idea of Power Book Ghost returning. Uh, let me talk about the BMF finale, season finale. Uh, like I already said, you, we, can, we I'll say this: Monique's character again, fabulous, fabulous. Uh, her. Um, I won't go through the review of the show, but I'll just say with this one, um, I like the way it ended, but it showed that Meech and Terry have so many more, uh, just when they think they've got a new beginning on one end for Meech and Terry, 
a new beginning of running, but in an old place, and meet you in a new place. They think they've conquered their enemies, and more are on the rise. And one they, one enemy they think they've conquered, you're not so sure about. You're sure at that moment they've conquered, but not, you know, what I'm saying. So, so it, to me, it left a great cliffhanger. And, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for BMF next season to see where it where it will go uh for its uh third season, okay? Um Swarm. <laughs> I'm finally getting the Swarm. Okay. Swarm if you have not seen it is a story about it's a series about let me look it up here so I look up an article. And I just watched two episodes and I was already like going, Whoa <laughs> Um, let's see, so I can say, okay. Okay, this is from Verity. It says, Swarm co-creator unpacks Dre's sexuality, Paris Jackson casting, and the pie-eating scene, okay? So Paris Jackson was in this one, and let me just say this. This is Michael Jackson's daughter. Uh, Paris was fabulous as an actress, Okay. Fabulous. Now, I still, I know Michael Jackson fans get upset with me, okay? I feel like it is important for people to know where they're from. You know, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to be a hater. I just don't believe in kids are black. And, I, you know, I'm sorry. I have to say that. I just don't. I, 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 it bothers me sometimes. I'll be like, God, because in the, in, in the show, she had a part where she was saying she was half, uh, she was half black or something, and the girl was like, huh? Like, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, Let's, I mean, DNA, I would say kids do DNA. At least if they know personally, that's all good, and they want to keep continue with the narrative, that's fine. But, um, yeah, and they look like none of the Jacksons, but I digress. All right, so, uh, but, however, Paris is an excellent actress. I liked her first. Uh, I liked seeing her in uh, Swarm. I thought it was really good, her scenes. She she stuck out. I liked it. She was very good. Um, <laughs> so let me just read this. It says, rumors of Donald Glover project about a Beyonce-like figure have been swirling in Hollywood for at least two years, and while no one involved will say no's name, though Glover has called out the Beehive and co-creator showrunner Janine Nevers has spoken about a certain pop star from Houston, the series is finally here. Swarm stars Dominique Fishback has Dre an emotionally um, Brown, who is a bit unhealthily unhealthily obsessed with her own sister, Marissa Chloe Bailey. When a fight between the sisters separates them for a night, Dre goes out to celebrate Nigel's surprise album drop. Clearly inspired by Lemonade, in which Beyonce sings about being cheated on, while Marissa discovers that she's being cheated on by her boyfriend. Khalid Damson Idris, Idris, unable to reach Dre for support, um, she dies by suicide. After mysteriously being turned away from Marissa's funeral by the family, Dre murders Khalid both for betraying Marissa and for not respecting Nyjah. Okay, it seems she's beginning to to conflict the two, which is interesting. Uh, the rest of the series sees her on a rampage of mourning Marissa and killing Nyjah detractors while desperately hoping to meet the star one day. 
In the finale, she uh, finally does uh, sort of. After hanging up, hanging up her serial killer's hat and taking on a new identity, she spends thousand dollars. This is a complete spoiler, okay? Um, that should have gone towards rent tickets, rent on Naja's tickets. This upsets her girlfriend Rashida, who hates Nija, and Dre has another mental breakdown. Uh, she murders Rashida and burns bodies, and then realizes she burned the tickets too. So she goes to the concert and stabs <laughs> the scalper. It, it's a lot, okay? I haven't got that far yet. So, but listen, um, <laughs> first of all, it, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's a wild, wild, um, dark, uh, uh, when I say tragic comedy, yeah, dark tragic comedy. I like the way Danny Glover approaches things, but I'm a little weird, you know. Um, <laughs> I love the – there's so much to unpack with this, the first two episodes that I've seen already. And listen, I already know what the uh, conspiracy theory people are going to say because there's a part, uh, you know, with Chloe in a casket. And listen here, Chloe, listen, I know they're going to say you being ritualized. Be very careful. <laughs> I can hear the conspiracy theories. I can hear people like – I have – People who are big conspiracy theorists, and my mother's well, I can hear them calling up to me, uh-huh, they might be ready to sacrifice Chloe. Because, <laughs> you know, if people really believe in Hollywood that they're doing some wild shit, you know, so, like, sacrificing people and stuff. But it is interesting, um, the opening scene, which I, I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about when I talk about Chloe Bailey a little bit more into the uh, thing. But Chloe Bailey also has... Acting, uh, acting in this one, and she's uh, Chloe's good. I've seen her. Chloe was in the uh, uh, show with uh, from Blackish. That was a spinoff from Blackish, a college show. So yeah, so uh, this opening it opens up with a sex scene. Chloe's in the sex scene, I, and I, I have a lot to say about that when I get to Chloe Bailey because. <sighs> I mean, it's just like kids. <laughs> But you know, you 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 know when they're turning you, they can turn you out without turning you out. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it, it that's what I feel is happening to Chloe Bailey. But that's a, but I also feel like conspiracy theories are going theories are going to get a kick out of trying to dissect this first episode and thinking it's some sort of Illuminati coding or whatever. Because I can I can see the ideas ahead of time what people are going to be talking about. So. It was kind of wild, okay? But one of them, I think, people will be thinking, oh, Chloe Bailey looks like she's, you know, she's she she looks like she's going to be sacrificed because she plays the sister, okay? And she happens to be like a, a Beyonce character or figure in real life or whatever. Um, back to form itself, uh, I found it. The first two episodes I found very interesting. Uh, I like tragic comedy, dark tragic comedy. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of, um, I see a lot of the symbolism and stuff like the weird symbolism too. Um, man, and being a person who I'm a Scorpio, so I can get possessive, obsessive about things. When I like something, I go see, you know, three, four. I mean, I like it. Um, However, 
I have entered the world of like when uh, uh, when we've done the series on here, we did like Michael Jackson a live series, and we did um, when I did when we did that series, I entered I allowed myself to enter the world of Michael Jackson, okay, and nobody that crazy was in the Michael Jackson world, <laughs> but what I will say is that you can see people's obsession. Um. With celebrities somewhat Like you know what I'm saying Like really like I mean And I become obsessed with people who are obsessed With all celebrities <laughs> Because I be obsessed with all the The intri- I, 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 I Sometimes I have to watch myself Because Sometimes I will become a people watcher Like I will be a watcher I will be a strange person of watching people's reactions and movements and stuff like that Like how, why is this person reacting to this person so much And when I was in the world of Michael Jackson I found myself observing a lot of people (laughs) Like it being It was right after Michael Jackson died It was a strange time it was a very interesting and powerful uh, space, like you to. And I w- it, it, it it left me wondering, like, how was somebody like Michael Jackson? Like, how do you handle? Because it is godlike energy. It's people worshiping you in some senses, right? And I've talked about that this on the show before, of like worshiping, uh, having idols that you know, like. Where you know you think can do no wrong and stuff like that, it is uh, it can be very interesting to see that you know. I don't know. Um, so Swarm kind of deals with a little bit of that, but it's also dealing with the very troubled life of this young lady, which a lot of times people's obsessions and stuff like that lead to because they have you know, you everybody has something they escape into, right? You know, um you may have things that you escape and do uh for your own thing. Like I have escape I have I have escapisms, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that this uh this particular show is showing in a very strange but wild but extreme way of how people escape their unextraordinary but sometimes troubled life, what seems unextraordinary and sometimes troubled life, and they delve into a life that looks to be so perfect from a celebrity standpoint because you know how they sell celebrity, it looks like it's perfect, right? But we, if you, you, you know, but I mean, but most healthy people know better, right? They go through their shit too, okay? So, um, very interesting. I can't wait to see the rest of it. <laughs> uh, I, I, and they say this is the one Malia uh, Obama is writing for, or something like that, or whatever. It, um, yeah, so. Yeah, I I find it rather interesting. And I'm trying to think of how else I can compare. The only thing I can think of is, like, the Michael. Now, the beehive, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't believe the beehive. Like I said, I believe they are swarm. 
I don't believe now I'm starting to understand a little bit. I think it's a lot of marketing people out here because she don't be selling her shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a few probably cray crazed out here that love Beyonce like that. But for the most part, I feel like the beehive might be a little bit of an illusion. Maybe the bee swarm. I start calling them the bee swarm now because, which is a smaller version of a hive because of what's happened with Adidas, the last album, few albums, uh, uh, and certain things, so I'm sort of like, eh, you know, I, <laughs> so I, but this does hype up, give her a hype a little bit. However, um, I see most Beyonce fans has, uh, a little, they're very mean compared to, not all Beyonce fans, but because I have some beehive, beehive people who listen to me, and I talk about Beyonce all the time, and, and the beehivers are nice to me. However, the bee swarmers, not beehivers, bee swarmers. But uh, I've ne- like I've, I've said before, I've never met a more greater fan base than the Michael Jackson fan base. I felt like the Michael Jackson fan base were so kind and sweet. I mean, I still feel like they're like a kind. They get upset when you disagree with them about certain things about Michael, but they're not nuts. You know, they fiercely defend Michael, but not in a nutty way. Like, you know, like sometimes a beehive can be perceived to be. But I believe sometimes you may have what you may have going on out here. If they're not little kids or immature, you may have bots or something like that or something, you know. But, and it could be real people also, okay. But, uh, yeah, and it is some real people because I've talked to some real people that have just been, you know, really crazy about Beyonce. But um, it's an interesting story. And I'll say, let me see, I mean, fan bases. I, I, I find, I don't know, what can I say about fan bases? Every fan base is different when you enter. I mean, I feel like one day maybe I should just, like, one, you know what would be a good book? To st- a good book. Somebody's gonna take this idea. I'm about to give somebody a good book idea, okay? But a good book would be the study of fan bases. <laughs> like you know, because I I do find I'm a I'm a, a a fan of people too. So I do find when I like a certain um, group or, or, or I like certain people. Like I you know I used to love Voice to Men. And so I would go to I go to boys to men concerts and stuff like that, and I meet other people that like boys to men, and I made even, I made friends, and even when I was young and I like new edition, I made friends. You know what I'm saying? You it would it's so interesting how sometimes fan bases can be healthy and can promote friendships and people to get to know each other and stuff like that. Sometimes you run into some people that are going, oh, okay, that's so cute, no, that's kind of crazy, <laughs> but it just depends on who uh, they are, like right now, Cyborg, I am watching the most fascinating thing right now. I don't want to say what it is, but I, I can't. Okay, so because I'm a people watcher. Am I a people watcher? I do. I watch people. So I, there is this particular fan, I would just say. And I see, and it's like me, you know, I go to a lot of Maxwell concerts, but I'm like, damn, I this is a particular person I see. And she goes to, like, every concert of this particular artist. I mean, she's been, like, everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I might be sporadically. Like, you might see me at sporadically at a Maxwell concert, but then I'll be coming back maybe in four or five months. 
Like, I ain't got it like this. <laughs> like, she on tour. I'm supposed to be literally on tour. Like, I was so fascinated. I'm like, I'm so fascinated by this person. I'm not fascinated by, by like, the whole, um, I'm not fascinated by, uh, by the artist she's following. I'm more fascinated, like, what makes you go on tour? I guess somebody say, well, my friends will be like, well, we're fascinated by why you go see Maxwell. Okay, listen, Maxwell's like mine. I can say, I tell my friends, you know, let's take my strip club back. It's, it's, I like Maxwell. I like Maxwell's sexy. He gives a good show. Yeah, and plus, you know, I, plus I go and I, I like to meet other people and I like to talk and I like to just, it gives me an excuse to go to a different town and to meet other, you know, I just, you know, I make up an excuse. It's really, you know, to me beyond a Max Maxwell a little bit, but yeah, it gives me an excuse to uh, do, do like just uh, I don't know, kind of immerse myself. In. And I made friends in the in the Maxwell fan base thing too. So yeah, maybe I'm a fan studier. Maybe I study fan groups, <laughs> and I don't realize I'm doing it right. So yeah, but this girl, I, this particular person, I've been watching. I'm just like, I would love to interview because I want to understand, like, why are you on tour? Like, it's so, I guess so. That's, but you know, I have always, when I was young, I had a girlfriend when I was in my twenties when I worked for Hallmark, and I had a girlfriend who was like one of the deads, like the grateful the deadheads, what they would call deadheads or whatever. She was beautiful. Like fiery red hair. I mean, gorgeous girl. And I was like, loved her life. I thought she had the most. Like the, and she always used to say, you got to go with me when I go to come with me a little bit for a couple of shows for a Grateful Dead concert. You would love it. Now, you know, I, when I was young, I was, I was less risque. Now I wish I would have went a couple of shows with her. You know, because I was fascinated by it then, but not as much. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I was like, wow, what do you, what do you, because she knew, like, the Grateful, like, people in the Grateful Dead, she, they knew her. I mean, like, they were, like, going from tour to tour to tour to tour, and, like, she would stop when they were in between tour breaks. She'd stop. Like, she was a true rock and roller. Like, you know, like a, like a, like a true, like, <laughs> uh, 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 a rock and roll head, a great. They would call them deadheads. That's what they used to call them. And like she do stuff for the band, and when the band was on break, she come home and work and stuff to build up her money, so that she could go back on tour and follow these the Grateful Dead around and shit. Like wow. And sometimes you know she'd be on the bus, the tour bus with them. And I, I thought that was wildest, the wildest shit I'd ever heard. I mean, like I was like, this is wild shit. But it was, it was. She was. She was one of the most fascinating <laughs> and intriguing people I have ever met in my life. I mean, she was not boring. She was cool. She wasn't crazy. She wasn't crazy at all. I mean, she was she was a bit of a vixen. She was beautiful, and she wasn't really a groupie, even though you know you you, you knew some probably some shit went down. But she really was like mad cool, like. And she has so many great experiences. I remember going, damn, that's dope. Like, that is, like, that's fucking dope. And I've known some groupies in my time. And listen, I'm going to say this, okay? This is really, this is, 
I'm, I don't want to scare you guys a little bit. <laughs> and I'm not talking about people who are crazy, like, on swarm. I'm talking about where I've known actual girls who used to, and girls who do the groupie thing and stuff like that. Fascinating fucking stories. Like, it's not shit I would do, but they, they're like some of, some of these people are the most, some of these, not all of them, but some of them are some of the most fascinating people ever. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to go to, like, the whole sit out in front of the hotels and stuff like that with my friends so I could get autographs. But I wasn't no groupie. I wasn't, I wasn't about to sleep with, no, that's just wasn't my thing. I'm not, you know. And I, I understood these people go from town to town. And trust me, I had some, I, if I could tell you all some stories, okay, some, when I, back in my day, how many rappers and all kind of people tried to holler, all kind of, you know, it's wild. I remember. I have I have I have so many stories, <laughs> but one story I have. I was with a group. I can't. I will, I will never. I, it's, it's, I've already said I would never divulge the rapper who tried to talk to me as a young girl when I was young and he was old. But there is another. Uh, there is another story I have. The guy's dead now. <laughs> but I was with a group of friends. I was probably like maybe sixteen. Like, and we were on a mission to meet New Edition. We finally did get to a chance to meet New Edition, but we were on, like, this mission to meet New Edition. And being on this mission to meet New Edition, we met, <laughs> and my girlfriend always laughs because of me. Like, she's like, she said, she says, you know, you were like the banger sister without the bang, you know. <laughs> but, like, we would go or do, like, crazy stuff, right? And I was like, we got to meet New Edition. We were 15, 16, or whatever. And... On our mission, we met this group, this big time. It was a big R&B group at the time. If I named the hits right now, you'd be like, oh, right? And so it was a group of my friends and everything. And so they're like, uh, one of the guys is like, hey, you guys should come hang out or something with us or whatever. Now, I was like, okay, I'm with a group of my friends. It's a lot of us. It's like, you know, five or six of us. Just get out. Surely. Okay, we'll go up and see what he's, you know, what he's like. Already. He invited us up to his room. He got a, he got us lunch and everything. He was cool. Like, he was cool. But I'm, you know, I'm still, even though it's five or six of us, I'm still, like, you know, watching him. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, making sure he ain't. But he kept his eye. He was, you, I could tell he was gunning where he was gunning. He was gunning for me. So I was like, uh-oh. I know this is getting ready to get, uh, this is going to get weird. So he comes over, and the guy sits next to me. He's trying to talk to me and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a sophomore in high school. I'm really not that interested. I just want to meet New Edition. <laughs> but it was nice meeting you, and thank you for lunch. Right? And so he kisses my hand, this guy. This is my four of my... My four, I have four, five friends in the, no, one of my friends had went out for a minute. She went out downstairs to get something. I forget. So we're eating lunch, and so he kisses my hand. And do you know this guy starts kissing all up my hand? I said, hold up. And so my friend's like, whoa. Like, I mean, he's really thinking I'm not stupid. I'm like, yo, like, okay. Like, thanks for lunch, <laughs> but it's time for me to go. It was the weirdest I if I hadn't had my group of friends, who knows what, I have so many stories like that. I could tell y'all stories for days, okay? But, you know, I, but, I, but I, during those times, I would meet other girls 
who were like really like who would have went all the way through with some dude like that, right? And they would have some of the wildest tales. <laughs> and so I, there is a fascination a little bit with me with fan groups. I think I have a fan. I do have a fan. I may have a fascination now. I'm kind of realizing it. I may have a fascination with groups of fans. I may I did not realize that until just now. But so yeah, so I found myself always fascinated and meeting and, and going to meet trying to meet my favorite celebrities. I would meet some of these girls or meet some of these people who were like you know like groupies. And it also broke I always wanted to meet my favorite celebrity because it would break the fascination for me, you know, because I'm a Scorpio, so I like to break that fascination. Like, okay, what was the guy, that person, like, eh, <laughs> they weren't what I thought they were or whatever, you know. But but in that, I would find myself meeting other fans who were very fascinating. So the world of fandom can be really interesting and fascinating. Wow, that's a good book. Shit. A group on fans, a book on fans. <laughs> That's and 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 I've I've had plenty of stories, like I've seen over the years, and it is, and it's fascinating. But one, probably my most fascinating person was the girl who's a deadhead, and I found that she she was brilliant too. She wasn't like somebody out here. She wasn't even in it for her money. She was just in it for the rush, the rock and roll high. Um, now, when I also what I also knew about her is she loved music. She was a musical herself. So maybe in she saw something within the Grateful Dead that she kind of found fascinating or whatever in that world and stuff like that. So it's interesting. So when you study like fan groups. And even with Michael Jackson fans, you will find like similarity to Michael. Like they would have certain things they love about Michael, and um, I don't know. It's like it, and Michael Jackson made friends with some of his fans, which was very interesting. Like like you hear a story. I mean, you it's it's fascinating. I mean, I met and talked to some of them who were real legit. Okay, so it, yeah, so it was. It, it, it's it's you see a lot of interesting dynamics between fans and artists, and then you always have the dangerous element, like Selena, story of Selena, where the girl, she, you know, the woman became her head of her fan club and got close to Selena, and then she realized she's a nutty cake, and then she ended up killing Selena. And so you always have to watch out because, you know, because I feel like that lady had a mix of jealousy and extreme love towards uh, uh, Selena. So th <clears throat> that that was and that's an interesting story, too. But um, I find fan groups very interesting. I'm not going to lie on that. I do. Even if, now the world of Maxwell, what do I think? Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like it's a mysterious world. I feel like most fans are are uh, um, cult like there? There's a cult following he has because he's mysterious. So there, there's so that's what I find in the Maxwell fan base. Like I'm a true, I'm a real Maxwell fan, but I actually 
like delving into the fan base and being friends with people or getting to know people and stuff. Um, and there's been several people, uh, very friendly, very, I mean, really nice and stuff like that. But I find that, um, you know, and he's, Mike's well, he's a man. So, like, in terms of, like, different from Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson was, what I saw in the Michael Jackson fan base is, um, oh, man. Michael's fans still love him like he's here, first of all. Can I just say that? No offense to Michael fans, but you know, they y'all know who y'all know who they really do they like they love Michael. Like it's like Michael's in the this like he's not here but to them he's here. Like it's like it's you have to be in the energy base to understand it. Right? Uh I think that Michael was more ideal there's more of idealism of Michael, like um a dreamy sort of um, prince, like uh, not princess, prince, 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 and princess fan base is a little different too. But not not in terms of uh, like like Michael is more like a like like in a magical kingdom with <laughs> with magical like things around it, and that's where the to me that's the place Michael Jackson's fans live. Like in this magical Michael Jackson world, and that he's the king of that world. And for girls, in terms of women, in terms of liking Michael and stuff, uh, who would have been queen? You know what I'm saying? It's it's a weird vibe, but it's a beautiful vibe. They're very kind, they're very sweet, but it's a it's like a little dreamy world. <laughs> Maxwell fan base, I find, like, not all of them, but the, some of the ones I've already met or whatever who are, they're really great. But I find, like, a very protective stance of Maxwell because Maxwell is mysterious or whatever. I also find uh, that, uh, you're mysterious, you have lots of rumors around you. <laughs> uh, girls really like him. So that that I think that's another thing. It's more heartthrob stuff going on there. I think, in my personal opinion, like a lot of heartthrob things, like a lot of, you know, he doesn't seem it doesn't seem dreamy like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's dreamy. Maxwell seems touchable. You know what I'm saying? Like, but Michael Jackson was like it's like a like a dream. You know, like he like a like even the fans who knew him see him as a dream. <laughs> Michael Jackson to you guys. Uh, Janet Jackson's fan base is very different too. But Michael Jackson fan base, um, but Janet's more realism because Janet's more real like, it seems more real like, but it's a, there's a lot of stuff there too. But for Michael Jackson fan base, I find it the most fascinating because it's more of a dreamy um, fantasy um, connect with Michael in various ways, uh, and um, I think each fan feels like there's their in, they have their own individual kind of like journey, magical journey in the world of Michael Jackson. That's what I feel. Whereas a Maxwell fan base, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, shit, people probably trying to, uh, you know, screw him. <laughs> there might be a whole lot of shit going on there. You know what I'm saying? Because he's sexy. So it's a different vibe. 
Like when you got a sexy dude that's, a, you know, up there or something like that, like, you know, or when you're dealing with rockers and stuff like that, it's just a whole nother vibe. So that, you know, in, in the world of Beyonce, what I've seen about her fans, I very defensive. I tend not to like, you know why? Because they're defending an insecure queen because Beyonce gives off that energy. So they take whatever the head gives, they give it. So I, fa- I find that very true for her. Like she might not understand that, but I would say they're 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 probably defensive of her because she's so defensive of herself and very much insecure there. So the fans that I the little swarm that I do know of that I've met and uh, talked to overly defensive, overly maybe on the border. I wouldn't say that. I I, I would say that this wouldn't be an off ideal of them. But not not this extreme, just a little few pegs down. <laughs> but that's not all Beyonce fans. I'm not saying all Beyonce fans, but I'm saying a lot. Some of y'all, <laughs> okay, have the capacity to be, you know, kind of uh, maybe a psychopath or a, you know, nutty, okay. But and <clears throat> only because uh, there you feel highly. I mean, I think with Beyonce, there's an air of seduction. Going on, she's a Scorpio moon, Lil's in Scorpio. You you always have to worry about seducing. <laughs> and you get, and Scorpios just attract to us weird vibes. Even like, you know, me, when I'm on the radio, some people, you know, you just, people can be attracted because, you know, it, 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 that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? It's just we could be seducing even when we don't mean to be. So <clears throat> I feel like that's a lot. Beyonce seduces a, a, a crowd in a certain way. And so it's hard for uh, fans want to, here's my thing about Beyonce, they want to be her. Like there's something, like I love that Chris Rock was talking about Beyonce on his special, and he was like, you know, I, I mean, he was like, I ain't never seen, he said, Beyonce's fine as fuck. He was just talking about how beautiful Beyonce was. And he was talking about, I forget what point he was making or what joke. No, he was talking about in terms of beautiful women, but if Beyonce worked in Burger King, she could still marry Jay-Z, you know, because beautiful women. It doesn't matter where you at if you're beautiful women. But he was saying if Jay-Z worked in Burger King, women would be like, whatever. <laughs> All right? But, uh, but, uh, but she, she did, did, this is part of the allure of Beyonce's to Seducing, seductive. Uh, every woman wants to connect to their sexuality in a powerful way, and she does that. She does that in a way that seems very empowering. Uh, and I think it can seduce certain type, certain people. You can you 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 can find your self esteem like trying to mimic Beyonce, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? But you you know that's Beyonce. She she that's who she is. But I think that that's that's some of the fan base fan bases allure with her, uh, and and it can, it, it can make and also the idea of once they're under that seduction, it's. It's the seduction itself is very jealous. I'm gonna tell you, I feel like it's spiritual sometimes because it's very. Maybe that lady, you know, that 
I'm going to say something crazy here. It's going to sound crazy for a minute, but maybe that that, that person, the, the preacher, isn't so much off in when she says that maybe, you know, there's some spells going on there because, you know, certain artists practice spell work. They probably don't need to. I mean, you probably go into different, you know, um, things that maybe people are practicing spell work and don't really know it. But uh, that may be a little bit <laughs> maybe what's going on sometimes with the Beyonce fan base and why they get so agitated, so irritated, because um, it is a very scorpion energy in terms of possessive, jealous of her, I mean, of anything that's against her, of her. I mean, even when I was a big fan of Whitney Houston, but, the, I mean, I, I wasn't ragging on people like, you know, you better, Whitney's the best ever. You know, it's just weird. It's just an obsessive, insecure energy. So, yeah. So you can see the little fan bases are very interesting. Very interesting study if people went out and actually did a real fan base study of people. I I feel like it would be interesting to find the different um, energies of each fan, like how the fans operate and what and how they operate in them. You know, I bet. Um, Certain people probably uh, draw to them more. Like I, I remember hearing the story about uh, fans showing up in wedding dresses to men's houses and stuff like that. Probably if that happens, that's because probably you will see with men like that they have a seductive nature. So you know, so so you you have to be careful. You have such prowess. You know, you can seduce somebody into believing that you know you want you actually want a relationship. <laughs> So, yeah, interesting, though. Interesting, all right? So, yeah, y'all watch Swarm. When I, I'm going to get to watch the uh, rest of it, and I will tell y'all what I think of it. It is very interesting. And it's made me see that I'm quite interested in fan bases, which I didn't realize that. <laughs> but, yeah, interesting, okay? Uh, next up, what are we going to do? Uh, that's it. That's it for my intro. Okay, you guys, when I get back, we're going to get into um, Sierra. Uh, the, uh, we're going to talk about that this week. Y'all going all off about that sheer dress. Talk about uh, Joe and Joe Biden is being accused of, you know, maybe working with the Chinese. Uh, Trump is talking about he may be arrested Tuesday. All kind of drama going on, okay? And U.S. won TikTok, so uh, we got to talk about all of that and a whole bunch more. But meanwhile, uh, we're going to get into a little bit of music. One of my favorites I'm going to play. I love this song. Do I have it up? I hope I do. Y'all know how I be like. I don't know if I got it up or not yet. Okay, one of my favorites, Alexander O'Neill and Trail, Saturday Love. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
Oh man, there's some good looking ladies oh, in here, man. This ought to cheer you up a little bit, Alex, yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I still think about her. Yeah, I know it's hard to forget sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's rough sometimes. Excuse me, Mr. O'Neill. There's a young lady over at the bar asking for you. Nobody knows I'm here. Well, I'm afraid she was quite insistent. Oh, no. It's her. Don't stand there, man. Go over and say something to her. But I don't know what to say to her, man. If you still care, it won't be hard.
For the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news, tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, you guys, we are back on the CC Show. Okay, I got, I got to take another. Wait, I'm going to take a real quick break right here, and I'll be back in a moment. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot one thing. So hold on, you guys. Let me. I'm going to take a quick break. And I will be back in a moment. I know this is a messy show, okay? We'll be back in just a second. Let's listen to uh, Good Morning, John Legend. I'll be back in a moment. Good morning. I need to change out my headphones. We are back on the CC show, and we are talking to t- today um, hot topics. Let's start with a little bit of the politics that's going on. Okay, so this week, a lot of talk about. Let me pull this up if I can get up about Joe Biden. A lot of people are. See, am I fine? Did I have it up? Hello. A lot of people are uh, cute, uh, wondering, uh, like. 
how connected are the Bidens to uh, the Chinese? And uh, this is according to NewYorkPost.com. They're saying where the money went. It's a very interesting article. The Bidens and the Biden Associates who received Chinese cash. It says House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer revealed on Thursday that on March 1st, 2017, less than two months after Joe Biden left office, has Barack Obama's vice president, State Energy HK Limited, a firm affiliated with Chinese Communist Party backed energy company CEFC, Chinese Energy, wired three million to Biden family associate Rob Walker. The windfall was subsequently divided, divvied up over a period of about three months to at least three members of the Biden clan and two Biden family associates. How here's the three million from the China how here's how the three million from the China China was distributed according to Comer. James Gillard got a million sixty five and he was a former British Special Forces officer with ties to the UK intelligence service and a business point, uh, partner of Hunter Biner. By uh, Biden, and then they're also saying John Rob Walker, which he received less than a million, and uh, they said he appears to have kept what was left of the three million uh, with wire Chinese transfer after nearly identical sums of a million sixty-five were distributed by Walker and Gillard to, to and members of the Biden family, respectively. Walker is a former Clinton administration official whose wife. Betsy Macy Walker, and it was an assistant to Second Lady Jill Biden during uh, Joe Biden's vice presidency. Hunter Biden was six hundred ten thousand. Uh, the first son of Os, the first sons Oscar and RTSP LLC accounts, as well as the first clearing LLC account that the committee believes uh, belongs to Hunter Biden received. Six wires between March 27, 2017, and April 18, 2017, with Robert Walker uh, LLC in the amounts ranging from 10,692 to um, a spokesperson for Hunter Biden's legal team said Thursday that Hunter Biden's a private citizen with every right to pursue his own business endeavors, joined several business partners seeking a joint venture with a legitimate energy company in China. Hunter received his portion in good. A seed fund, which he shared with his uncle James Biden and Haley Biden, and nobody else. Okay, um, this is a very interesting. This is a very interesting article. It's showing where the money went uh, from the Biden to members of the Biden family. Here's the thing: they should have looked at this way more closely before the election. They tried to ignore it and sweep it under the rug because everybody was so busy trying to get Donald Trump out of this. Okay, because Donald Trump, like I said, is a renegade. So they they wanted him out, um, uh, and they allowed Biden, who could very well as a president be compromised, or people around him could be compromised, uh, because they were doing business with China, and China has been every very much a thorn. Uh, during this um, during this time, this administration has been in office, and a lot of people look at Biden as, as you know, because they've been so lackadaisical towards um, uh, them. People are wondering, you know, hey, how far in maybe could this family be in with the Chinese? And I think it's very relevant to look at family members and everything. And this isn't like the made-up story with Clinton and Russia. 
I mean, with um, Trump and Russia. Trump, a lot of that people found out were lies, okay? And listen, I don't like, I don't really like Republicans in terms of racism and stuff like that. Democrats have racism, but it's hidden to black people. Black people think Democrats are their friends. Democrats are not. Both both of these, both of these uh, things, in my opinion, can be have the capacity for racism towards black black people. Period. Now, um, I like the Republicans sometimes more on foreign policy and and money. Sometimes, uh, not all the time. Uh, however, and I like the Democrats in terms of social, sometimes social things and stuff like that. But I will say this: both of these parties could be very corrupted, but especially the Democratic Party the last several years. I mean, it was the Republican Party. When George W. In my opinion, and 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 uh, with all due respect, sir, Dick Cheney <laughs> was in office. To me, that was one of the most. Those were the most. And Ronald Reagan years. There was a lot of corruption going on during those years, and now the corruption has swung over to the Democrats. In my opinion, not only uh, uh, during the Obama era, see Obama era, but also. Um, the uh the Biden era. And, you know, people were surprised like that they bailed out a bank. I was not. People forget what Biden was before. He was a senator from Delaware. If you remember anything about years ago when you used to get a lot of headquarters of banks used to be in Delaware. They used to call Biden like one of the people who knew he was a senator that was probably probably pretty well taken care of by banks, maybe, you know? And so it's not surprising he's a bank guy and that Wall Street and probably the banks made a lot of their money during those these uh, administrations. Uh, so I look at Biden personally is when he was in the, under Obama, he was a handler for Obama, in my personal opinion, because he had far more experience in the Senate and everything than Obama did at that time. Um now, I, I mean, I feel like Biden and his family has been compromised. Um, I feel that, like, the government in some senses have been – because there's listen, even though I'm not that, not that great on Donald Trump, Donald Trump was the same – I still like Donald Trump way better than I do Biden. Donald Trump was doing some things that uh, – putting tariffs on China I thought was good, uh, um, uh, closing those borders. Uh, uh, some of the things that he said has turned out to be right. The, when they was talking about he was being xenophobic, when he was talking about that Chinese lab leak, turns out it was a leak from the lab. And so it, it, for, to me, I feel, feel like Donald Trump, they're politically fighting Donald Trump because they don't like what Donald Trump stands for. I feel like we've seen two fights against two uh, um Areas of white supremacy, okay? And um, you can spin anything you want when you got the press. It's just my part. You can make a person, an innocent person, look like a murderer if you got the press uh, going. I'm not saying Donald Trump's innocent in any way, but some of the political things they're doing to try to stop him from running, he must be a threat. Because, I mean, I've never seen them go this hard after a former president, okay? And it's not because Donald Trump was so corrupt. He wasn't any more corrupt than half of those bums that been in there. 
And it's so funny how black America, black a lot of black celebrity acts about Donald Trump because they used to hang out out with Donald Trump. They was Donald Trump's good friends up to a, a lot of them, including Al Sharpton up to a few years ago. So it's it's very interesting. Um, let, me put, let me look at this. Um, Donald Trump this week. I wanted to talk about that story. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump thinks he could possibly be on the um he could possibly uh 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 he could possibly be getting arrested Tuesday. Um now, this is according to Yahoo. It says Donald Trump is making one last effort to try to evade his alleged prison sentence next week. We've been hearing about multiple legal battles Donald Trump has been at the center for uh, for months now. But according to the former president, it seems that he may be indicted as early as next Tuesday. As many people know, this is according to Yahoo.com, as many people know, Trump has been under investigation for 130000 payment he made to film star Stormy Daniels to keep quiet about an earlier affair right before the 2016 election. Despite the Manhattan District Attorney's Office not coming out with any notice of indictment, Trump is not only claiming he'll be arrested soon, but he wants supporters' help to try to reverse the indictment, okay? On the social media platform, he found a true social the former president urged supporters to protest for him. He uploaded a message in all caps reading, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. Protest take take our nation back. He did not indicate why he says he'll be arrested or who told him this, but it's clear he's trying to make a big effort to reverse the alleged ruling by bringing his loyal supporters into it. Hey, which people do that all the time. People protest for many things. Many people are experiencing deja vu due to him asking supporters once again to protest. There's nothing wrong with asking them to protest, even protesting the election that you believe is false. Uh, the last time this happened was when he asked protest the 2020 elections, okay? See how the press loves to spin things, okay? Um, with the fallout of the Trump presidency, everyone involved in these four years seems to be rehabilitating their public image in the most obvious way. A selling, a book, a spilling, supposed secrets, everyone was ready to talk, especially former White House Press Secretary Stevie Gershom. Um, let me just stop this. Do I believe Donald Trump, who has a whole lot of money, would take $130,000 of his campaign money, which could be risky, as he runs for president, and, and, and you know all the looking up under the the uh, thing they do when you run for president. You think I think he would take that risk? Because he could get that. That's Trump changed to Donald Trump. I feel like this is a political indictment. They want to muddy up Trump as much. See, no longer do they do the Kennedy thing. It's too messy, and it makes people, they don't do that unless they have to. But it, I feel like this is, these are, we have powers that are trying to rule the world in a way that is above, it's above Republican, it's above Democrat. It's more so to take the world towards their what they deem is their expected end. And uh, an American that is a sovereign America is no good for these people. 
So I think America is in danger right now. I don't think Trump is the only thing that can save America. I personally think he couldn't. I think America needs God, really, because it's really, we're at a really huge precipice, and a lot of American people don't seem to get it. I I was talking to somebody this week, and I said, uh, I was yeah, I was talking to my uh, my friend who does my nails, and I said to her, I said, you know, Americans won't get anything until something trash, crazy has to happen, like nutty, because Americans are very comfortable. Like Americans have to, I said, I hate to say this, but Americans have to ex- experience something. Like during the pandemic, they slowly took brought kept Americans in the house. They couldn't immediately tell Americans you could stay in the house a month. They knew that wouldn't work. People would be riding in the streets. What they did is they started to slowly give us a week, give us two weeks, give us three weeks. And it was a testing of the resolve of the American people and what they need to do. Um, in order for America to be jolted out of this sleep, one or two things I say has happened. Something to their money, something tragic. <laughs> something to their money and something tragic. That's the only way the Americans don't be marching up, getting out of these streets and ready to go uh, up up there to Congress and throw people out. You, it, That's the only way Americans are going to wake up. And I hope it's not through the bank runs. Americans literally have to see soup kitchens before they wake up because Americans are so content with politics they don't pay attention they pay attention to snippets on the news all kinds of things so americans don't even really understand how they to how their politics work and they wouldn't know if they were uh most americans wouldn't even know if they were uh being uh invaded it'd be too late before they found out so very interesting, okay? So very interesting with this whole thing with Biden and Trump right now, okay? So we'll see what happens with Trump or if he, he's getting arrested or stuff like that, okay? Also in the news, it was ICE arrest 220 criminal illegal immigrants with convictions, including rape, murder, okay? This is according to um, uh, MSN.com. It says, Immigration and Customs Enforcement announced Friday that it has arrested 220 illegal immigrants in a nine-day enforcement operation with criminal convictions that include rape and murder. ICE said its Enforcement and Removal Operations, ERO, had apprehended 220 removable non-citizens with convictions including domestic violence, sexual abuse, burglary, guns, crimes, drug trafficking, and driving under the influence. The arrest took place between March 4th and March 13th. Now, you think they only got 220 out, out of the, the hundreds of thousands that have been coming through here? Wow. Okay. The arrest included a 64-year-old Mexican national convicted last year of sexual abuse of a victim under 13, a 37-year-old Mexican with a conviction for attempted murder, and a 65-year-old Mexican with conviction of second-degree murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Also arrested was a 49-year-old Mexican with convictions of battery and felony rape of spouse by force fear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is crazy, and it's only that's only 220 that you know of. Okay, I'm sure there's going to there's a lot of other uh, 
people who are coming in from all over, from places all over, and um, that could have criminal convictions, okay? It could be very dangerous. Um, it should be interesting uh, looking at this. Now, I just saw an interesting article. It says, Damon Hansu says that he feels tremendously cheated by Hollywood and is still struggling to try to make a dollar despite his acclaimed career. This is according to MSN.com. Uh, via the insider, but it says Demond Hesu said he is still struggling to try to make a dollar in Hollywood. The Shazam Fury of the God Stars Blakey Road with Steven Spielberg's 1997 Amistad. Hansu said that things are improving for him, but he still gets blowballed on pay. Welcome to Black Americans World. Demond Hesu said he feels he's tremendously cheated by film industry and still faces difficulties getting paid his worth despite his wide-ranging career in Hollywood. Hanso currently stars in the DC superhero film Shazam, Fear of the God, has a wizard. The actor told The Guardian that despite a decades-long career and multiple Academy Award, Golden Globe, and Screen Actors Guild nominations, he's still struggling to try to make a dollar. I've come up in the business with some people who are absolutely well-off and have very little of my accolades, Hansu told The Guardian. So I feel cheated, tremendously cheated in terms of finances and in terms of the workload. Uh, let me just say this, and he has been nominated for a lot of things, but that's why I told y'all with Angela Bassett getting in the audience the other last week and getting all upset when, uh, and I understood why she was upset, but she shouldn't have been because she knows the history in Hollywood. Them awards actually ain't shit. Being nominated for, I know, I, I'm going to tell you, really, seriously, it's nice. I know you want to be recognized by your peers. Everybody does. Every actor would love to see their work so-called represented by their peers, but there's some other shit going on in Hollywood with those type of awards and stuff like that. And that's why he ain't getting the money, because that don't, that don't, that's what Monique said she thought, that when she won the Oscar, it was going to translate to her winning more money. They told her that, but they lied. Most black actors, it doesn't translate to that. It's, it's helped Denzel, but that's because Denzel has taken other roles, like action roles, other things and stuff like that. Denzel's been out here, to been out there a long time. Will, because Will's an action star. But for the most part, Holly Beer, I think, was making 20 mil one time to film at one time. I don't think it was long. For the most part, they don't give a shit about them Oscars and stuff nominated. They actually um, um, may not may not be good for your career. So I wouldn't be all that excited in getting one. I'm just telling y'all, have y'all be wondering? Oh, they didn't give her no Oscar. She's a racist. She deserves an Oscar. <laughs> No, that's the probably worst thing you can wish on a black actor is Oscar. <laughs> shit, that shit. Look at Demond has, and he has been nominated. He was a, he was one of the first big time British black actors over here. He probably looking at Idris Elba's ass like, what the fuck? Because he's just probably getting paid a lot of money compared to him, and he's more. Uh, probably he's got more awards or uh, uh, more nominations and stuff. First of all, I'll just say this. It's how you play it, too. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's some choices Damon has made or something like that. 
But I also believe that tells you awards don't mean shit. That our nominees don't, the nominations don't, especially for black people. Okay, so that's why I say here. Now, this week I was all getting upset about Sierra's see-through dress. Now, I'm going to tell you why I thought it was loud, because I had just talked about this, Sierra, about a week ago, about uh, something else I was getting on her about that single song. And I was telling y'all, Sierra is the entertainer. That's what the fuck she does. Calm down. Okay, this week, but Sierra also went and she did praise and worship, and I warned, I said, Sierra, you got to be careful twerking and stuff because you're going to prison. If you're going to be going to prison, doing praise and worship. And this was, you know, I don't want to put her in no box, but it's just got you have to be careful how you approach things. Because if you're going to prison and you're looking like you're doing praise and worship and all that stuff, um, and then people see you with a thong. Even though I know the thing, first of all, the thing to the Vandy Fair Party was sheer and stuff like that. Uh, so the, all the women were wearing sheer outfits. But Sierra, being a Scorpio, she going to up that shit with a thong, okay? But I would have said definitely been in the scene, but you should have been more careful with your thing. Like, they have beautiful sheer outfits with the beautiful, like, bikini panty, like a, a, a panty that's high-waisted and, like, the bra. So she should have did something like that with see-through. Because knowing what her and Russell represent, she, to me, she I, I felt like it shouldn't have been that loud, especially since you just did, went and did Christian prison ministry. But as I also said about Sierra, Sierra's marriage is the star now. And so that's why she has to be careful. Now, Beyonce slips into a see-through dress, this is according to Bossa, for Oscar's party and garner Sierra comparisons. Uh, where were the think pieces, Bossa says? And they said, fans have been talking about Sierra's see-through dress, the Vandy Fair Oscar party for almost a week. But now the conversation has shifted to include another star. Okay. Um, Beyonce also showed off her assets in a resilient dress after the Oscar ceremony, looking absolutely stunning in sheer Dolce and Gabbana dress that displayed her cleavage with those pasties uh, showing through the see-through silhouette and the gown was let me just say this. The gown was dope, okay? It was beautiful, like a gold. Girl, be, be honest. I got to give it to you, girl. That, that shit's fire, okay? Everybody say, but see, according to Daily Mail, the outfit was posted to her Instagram on Thursday, and now Thursday's a backdrop of her website. It also uh, nearly identical to a similar silver dress she wore back in 2007, okay? Uh Uh, she finishes off her look with a pair of gold stiletto heels that shows a classic uh, red pedicure accessories with gold metallic cups to complete her outfit. She spiced up her look with a pair of narrow rectangular sunglasses, okay? B showed off her outfit and new photos on her Instagram page, okay, with a couple of uh, solo shots and some with her husband, Jay-Z. All right, um, Beyonce's bold party look and even her... Previous provocative displays are drawing comparisons to Sierra Online. The one two step singer has been receiving uh, on the receiving end of criticism for her see through dress almost a week now. Uh, but, you know, nobody's getting on Beyonce. I told you guys why that was, okay? Um, they say, where were the think pieces when Beyonce wore this? Uh, one user 
uh, wrote attaching photos of previous looks from Beyonce. Was she disrespecting Jay or her kids? Are y'all really just mad at Sierra because she doesn't deserve to be Miss Wilson in your eyes? No, that's not the problem. It's how Beyonce sells her marriage compared to how Sierra sells hers. This is Megan Good and Devon Franklin 2.0 with Russell Wilson and and uh, 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 Sierra. Remember, Sierra was running around with Russell Wilson, and he was talking about uh, being celibate before their marriage. We saw that with Megan Good and Devon Franklin. We also saw the criticism of Megan Good because she was married to a preacher with the sexy outfits and shit like that. We're seeing the same shit with Sierra because she's doing prison ministry with uh, future preacher Russell, and <laughs> what looks like future preacher Russell. And they have put a lot of uh, uh, a mixture of religion and their marriage. Sierra does not have as huge of a career as Beyonce does, and plus Sierra's dress wasn't just as dope as Beyonce's, first off. But this is why Sierra gets the bad end of the stick because Sierra's marriage has been promoted as the star. Beyonce's marriage is not the star. Beyonce's the star. And then her marriage is a part of her whole stardom. And Beyonce ain't at the prison ministry. You know, she sings that maybe sing a gospel melody or nothing, but she ain't out here preaching, talking about her and Jay-Z, the celibate and all that stuff. When you, do, when you go into that kind of corner, yes. People are going to say, wait a minute now, sis, what you doing out here? Everything is a ministry. When you music, do music, any kind of music to me is certain ministry. But when you're doing the ministry directly to churches or church ministry and stuff like that, you do have to be careful how you look, how you dress, how you come off. How you appear. Jay-Z and Beyonce don't do the stuff that Russell and Sierra do. They don't sell themselves in the way that Russell and Sierra have sold themselves. And plus Beyonce's career is just huge. I mean, it is. I mean, it's, it's Beyonce has a... Her 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 career is Beyonce's career is not based on her marriage. Sierra's marriage has helped her career and has become a little bit of her career, and she's trying to break out of that now. But it's hard, sis, because he gave you the resuscitation. You've been Sierra. You've been resuscitated to wifedom. You haven't been resuscitated in your musical career. You've been resuscitated as Russell's wife. And so fun stuff like hosting the, like, New Year's Rocking Eve and stuff like that, that's stuff you probably need to do, and you can dress a little sexy and all that stuff. But coming out with full thighs and stuff, that might be that might be over for you. And that's no criticism. It's just that, that it, people are crazy if you can't see the difference. No think piece. It's just being able to see stuff for what it is. It's what it is. It's what it is. But 
yeah, Beyonce can wear that. And plus, Beyonce, Beyonce is had a dope dress. Hey, can I just say that the dress was dope? <laughs> Sierra's not as cute. <laughs> Sierra should have worn that brow. That brow was fire. <laughs> U.S. wants TikTok sold. Oh my God! I can oh people all over you know all these people make money off of TikTok. They are not liking it. It's a lot of people who are TikTok people and they are not uh, Instagram people, and you know they are have they don't have a hard ass time with this. Um, a lot of people don't have a hard time. Child. Okay, so let's talk about it. TikTok, and I was talking to somebody today, uh, and I was saying. Uh, do you think they you know they're gonna end up doing it? It's like oh man, they were saying they hope they hope not because they they found it easier for them to uh, uh, get followers and things on TikTok and get more traction on TikTok than they do with uh, Instagram and everything. But listen, here's the thing: they already I don't understand the push. TikTok's been around for a long time. Have they not collected enough information by now? <laughs> But it says uh, U.S. pushes for TikTok to sell to resolve national security concerns. This is according to New York Times. It says the man hardens the White House stance towards a popular video app, which is owned by the Chinese internet company ByteDance. Uh, the Biden administration wants TikTok Chinese ownership to sell the app or face possible ban. TikTok said on Wednesday has the White House hardened its stance toward resolving national security concerns about the popular video services. Uh, the new demand to sell the app was delivered to TikTok, TikTok in recent weeks. Two people with knowledge of the matter said TikTok is owned by the Chinese internet company ByteDance. The move is a significant shift, in, uh, and this is according to NewYorkTimes.com. It says the move is a significant shift in Biden administration's position towards TikTok, which has been under scrutiny over fears that Beijing could request Americans' data from the app. The White House has been trying to negotiate an agreement with TikTok that would apply new safeguards to its data and eliminate a need for ByteDance to sell its shares in the app. Okay, um, this is interesting. But the demand for sale, coupled with the White House support for legislation that would allow it to ban TikTok in the United States, hardens the administration's support approach. It harks back to the decision of former President Donald J. Trump who threatened to be in TikTok unless it was sold to an American company. Remember when that happened? Uh, TikTok said it was weighing its options and was disappointed by the decision. The company said its security proposal, which involved storing American data in the United States, offered the best protection to users. Um, this is interesting because Biden had a chance to address this when he first came in, and he did not. Um I don't know. I don't know if it's past too late uh, to try to be in TikTok. It's, it's rather interesting, but I'm just not sure if we're just not, like, we're not past that time with it, okay? I don't know. We'll see. We, we see. We should see what they come up with, okay? But when I get back, we're going to talk about Chloe and this uh <laughs> Chloe and the sexuality movement that she's got going. Uh, Tamar Braxton, we got to get on. We got to talk about, um, uh, and Larsa Tippin, child, Laura Larsa. <laughs> Is that how you say her name? 
Larissa is a Larissa Pippen. Yeah, it's a lot going on with her, okay? So we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more when I get back. Meanwhile, one of my favorite songs, SOS, it's kind of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis night around here, ain't it? <laughs> SOS there with Just Be Good to Me. It's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment with y'all.
that's Evelyn Champagne King. A little old school for y'all. I'm in love. And before that, it was, uh, who do we have? Before that, um, SOS Ben, just be good to me. <laughs> it's the CC Show. I am back. We are talking hot topics late night. And let's get into some more hot topic news. Let's talk about Chloe Bailey, okay? Since we were talking about Swarm. This is according to Newsweek.com. It says Chloe Bailey's graphic Swarm sex scene sparks huge online conversation. Uh, it says Prime Video's new drama Swarm has got people talking, though perhaps not for the reason anyone might expect. Uh, the psychological horror series follows Dominique Fishback's Andrea Dre Green, a music fan who becomes increasingly obsessed with her favorite singer and who will go to greater, darker lengths to gain her favor. Swarm was created by Donald Glover and Janine Navers, and it features a graphic sex scene with, uh, with star Chloe Bailey, who plays Dre's sister Marissa and Dean Davidson Edris, uh, Marissa's boyfriend Khalid, which drew a lot of attention to the show. Uh, the sex scene between Bailey and Idris appears in the show's first episode within the first few minutes of the show. In it, Fishback, Dre's, Dre, Fishback's Dre watches her sister and her boyfriend having sex from an open door. And when Khaled notices she is watching, he smiles and nods at her without stopping. Its graphic nature led to a lot of conversation among online viewers. With some viewers commenting on the scene in an inappropriate manner, uh, there were others who shared their thoughts on what they had seen on social media. A clip of the scene itself began to do rounds on Twitter. Um, it says, regarding the scene being shared so widely, one person joked, I opened up Twitter and the first thing I see is a sex scene from Swarm with Kobe Bailey and Dean Edwards. Y'all horny as fuck, man. On Maine. <laughs> uh, another user simply said, I'm going to be thinking about Kobe Bailey and Jason uh, Edges is sexting for the rest of my life. I just know it, okay? And one Twitter user criticized Bailey for choosing to appear in such a scene as they wrote, where's Chloe Brady's mentors, please? She's been making terrible decisions lately. She should have never done that sexting and swarm. I'm not even going gonna go into her most recent collab. Yeah, let me just say this about Chloe, okay? Because I think in every, a lot of young girls go through this. Uh, when you're discovering who you are as a person sexually, um, it's important to find balance. I love being sexy, child. I, listen, I, I, it's, it's, I'm a Scorpio. Listen, I'm a Scorpio sun with a Virgo moon and a Scorpio, a black little Scorpio. I love sexy. Whenever I can do it, I love <laughs> I love sexiness. However, um, I just feel like there should have to be some balance. Like, Chloe is always under, and it, you, you, here's the thing, what you get as a person that's looking at her, you get, like, where has Beyonce embodied sexy? Scorpio moon, Virgo sun, little black little Scorpio. Uh, I don't see that with Chloe. I feel Chloe tries very hard to do it. And she's very beautiful, and she has sex appeal. But she tries to embody, like, some people embody sexy. Marilyn Monroe embodies sexual, sexual, uh, sexuality. James, Jane Mansfield, um, uh, um, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of different uh, people. 
uh, Dorothy Dandridge. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking of old uh, celebrities who just embodied uh, that sexual. Uh, it, it, there's been so many just embodied very a very sexual oozy nature. Um, Chloe tries is trying to do that, and it's making her look in balance. And this role to me. There's better ways I feel like the, they could have made their points, but I think they wanted to get shock value, especially using Chloe Bailey. See, you got to be careful of that too. Using Chloe Bailey being bent over and getting back shots is very like, whoa, you know, and stuff like that. And she probably thinks that just adds to my allure that it's more adult like. She's moving like a dent, a former Disney kid. That's what I'm getting from. Hot, uh, uh, her. You know how the Disney kids move when they come out of Disney? They're so eager to prove they're grown, and they start doing all kind of wild shit. That's what Haley's giving. And here's the thing. She's far too talented to give that. I mean, she actually can act. And she's actually highly talented, very beautiful. You don't have to give off that. You don't have to give it off so much. And it doesn't look right on you. You look uncomfortable in it. You look like you're trying hard. Like it doesn't, you don't embody it. Like 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 certain artists embody it. With Haley, I feel like she's trying. Like really, like I'm, I'm trying to be sexy. I'm trying to embody. And she has sex appeal, but... I feel like she's trying to be Marilyn Monroe. Like you're trying to, it's so much, it's a lot. And sexy to me is not in how one dresses, how one um, brings across that. Sexy is so many things. It's your personality. It's how you appear, how you talk, how you uh, what kind of vibe you hold to yourself. Like I was looking the other day, like there was a picture of Lenny Kravitz and Denzel and 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 some man they were talking about the same. I don't even know who the man was. And and uh Lenny Kravitz like had these black shades. I mean he looks so out of fucking place, but he looks so fucking sexy. Like, God I mean, you, you, you just, I mean, I was like, what are you, like, any, an average person, you'd be sitting there like, what the hell you got on this, this leather outfit? <laughs> just sitting down at a random dinner with, you know, Dizio or whatever, this guy. But that is the shit that makes him sexy because he's so fucking, he's like a fucking weird. It's like, fucking, I know it's, it's, you're fucking sitting in a leather suit at a lunch table. Like, nobody dresses like that in ball black with shades on. <laughs> But it's really him. He's not trying. That's really who the fuck he is. He's really just trying. He's really just got a strange energy like that, right? Or like I saw a picture the other day of my fave, Maxwell. He like had all this long trench. I was like, oh my god. I mean, like he it was a weird outfit, but he made it look really sexy, like he does with the beard. I just, like Maxwell and the beard. I'm just like. I am in love with that beard. You know, my friend, I told you, if you guys have been listening, have been listening to me since Christmas, 
I was telling one of my girlfriends, I was telling how about one of my girlfriends brought me a pillow, had a pillow made with me, with a picture of me on it, talking about fandom. And she has me holding a cup and a heart of Maxwell. And like, he's got this black, one of my favorite pictures of Maxwell. He has this black hat on. He's his uh, his beard. I love Maxwell with a beard, and he and he has. I don't think he has any shades. He's he's just got on black. And he's really dark. Oh my God, that's part of the mystique that makes Maxwell sexy, and that's nothing that he he tries. I don't think he tries to do that. It's just his, who he is, right? And so I feel like Chloe hasn't tapped in that. She's trying really, really hard, and we're and we can tell it. Because when you're trying really hard, it doesn't look balanced. And I know the kids out here are hyping you up, talking about you just y'all just hate no clue. Yes, they don't know. Chloe, listen to wisdom. Listen to the older, your older sisters in the game. Sometimes less is better. Sometimes sexy is just how people move. It isn't being naked all the time. It isn't taking liberties with your body. Finding sexuality is finding that thing in you. You know what made Marilyn Monroe so sexy? It was just something in her. Marilyn Monroe was dressed a lot. I mean, yes, she posed for Playboy, but Marilyn was dressed, but Marilyn had a, like, a, like a simmer to her. Dorothy uh, eyes the way she moved and walked and stuff like that. Just sexy is inside. It isn't so much how you dress. I mean, you can add, you know, um, you know, certain outfits can make, definitely add to your sex appeal, but it's like one doesn't have to try so hard for what's already in them. You know, I think everybody sometimes has to remind themselves of that. Right, so yeah. Hopefully she gets this because you know it's a lot. All right, so um, also in the news this week, Tamar Baxter's engaged to Atlanta attorney. This is according to Roswithsnitch dot com. It says last year there were rumors that uh, Tamar Baxter was dating Atlanta attorney Jeremy Robinson after they were spotted around town on a few dates. Uh, Jeremy popped a question on the series finale of the dating show Queen's Court on Peacock. Evelyn Lozada also received a proposal at the end of the series from businessman LeVon Lewis. R&B singer Nivea, who was also on the show, was the only contestant to leave without a, uh, a marriage proposal. But now this week, since Tamar uh, has gotten engaged, let me see, is it... Um, we learn more about the man and uh, that she's engaged to. And look, not long, not long after she got engaged, was she getting baby mama drama. <laughs> I mean, already. I was like, poor Taylor. I mean, already the baby mama drama. Was- and uh, let me see if I can pull up. God, I had the right one here, but I don't. I mean, like, Okay, 
It says, uh, this is from RyanWithSix.com. It says, last night, Atlanta attorney Jeremy Robinson proposed to take more Braxton on the series finale of Queen's Court dating show. Not even 24 hours later, Tamar's fiance, baby mama, makes her presence known. It all started after Tamar shared a birthday post celebrating her new relationship. Uh, and it said, you know, it's my birthday, but I have to post to the one who puts uh, the cheesy smile on my face. It took me a while to realize that this wholesome, traditional love is the kind I wanted and needed. We have six children between the two of us, and and they mean everything to me. So miss me with that he has four baby mamas. Four baby mamas, Tamar? Thank God for them. We are blessed and drama-free. Thank God for my best friend, life partner, and fiancé, okay? Now, I don't know if she's supposed to this. Jeremy's ex last time called Tamar an agent of chaos in her son's life. I, Aniston Jenny, I think it is, it said, I sat in silence for over a year respecting everyone's privacy while they disrespect mine. I've sat in silence while this person has come into my son's life and caused nothing but chaos and unnecessary drama. While I will not speak on my son's other siblings and what type of relationship their father or this woman has with them, let me be clear for all of those who know me and all who know them. This woman is in no way a bonus or a stepmom to my son. My son does not mean everything to her, and she has not thanked God for me. And truthfully, uh, none of his baby mamas. She has said demeaning, disrespectful, and outrageous things about how I have chosen to co-parent with my son's father and the efforts I have made to keep him involved. She has made no effort to meet me, get to know me as a woman or a mother, and has caused my son's father to miss visitation weekends and birthdays. I'm fine with people sharing their version of the story that they created for themselves on social media, television, but what what we all, uh, but we will not continue to do to, but what we will not continue to do is involve the son that I raised in someone else's shenanigans. Okay, it's easy to believe on one side of the story when no one else is telling theirs, okay? Um, let me just say this. <laughs> hey, Mara, I am happy for you. But sometimes women, I mean, uh, he has four baby mamas. That's already, to me, that's a red flag. I see four baby mamas. I'm like, oh lord, oh lord, that's a lot. That's a lot. Now, baby mamas can be a trip. Okay, let me tell ya. You out here dating the man with children? Baby mamas can be something else. So you have to be very careful, you and your significant other, how you approach the meeting of the children. Okay, really seriously, you know. Now, some women who are baby mamas are going to be mad and pissed just because you in the person's like, they ain't going to give a fuck. They just mad because they ain't got them, okay? And you can't please them. But I would say to women out here, like Tamar, make sure. I would not let a man... My personal opinion, this is just me. If I was single 
and in these dating streets, and I was dating a man with a child or children, I would not let him introduce me to those kids until I got to speak with their mother. I'd be like, I got to make, unless the mother is not, not around or not available or something like that, because that, for a lot of women, to signal disrespect. Like, how the fuck, you know, because I know some men will be like, you know, I just want you to meet my kids and everything. You're like, nah, well, let me see how she feels about that because these are her children. Some women just want to be recognized. Some women want to be like, understand that you that you understand the importance. Like, you know, understand that you, you're coming into their child's life. They want to know, like, who you are and see you. And sometimes men and women on both sides tend to just disrespect the other parent for that reason. They tend to, you know, people be like, oh, you know, she don't need to know who I'm with. Not it. But she does because you see our children together. And when you want your child to be introduced to your new person, you really need to sit down and have a meeting with the child's parent, mother, other parent, and see if how they feel about that and if they are ready and okay with that. Otherwise, you can cause a lot of unnecessary drama. And Tay Moore's about to walk all the way into her. I see this right now. Tay Moore, you are a Pisces. I don't know how y'all be doing out in these streets, in these love streets. I say stop, Tamar, and really move slow towards the wedding and make sure you get to know all these baby mamas and the drama because ba- baby mamas can end relationships, okay? Child, four of them. She got four of them in this. Four, okay? But I said four. Larsa Pippen. Oh, God. She's making her round. Larsa made an extraordinary claim this week. <laughs> Larsa phoned up. But... <laughs> this is according to hotnewhiphop.com. Okay. Larsa Pippen just claimed that during her 23-year marriage to Scotty Pippen, she had sex. During... Now, I'm going to say this again. During her 23-year marriage to Scottie Pippen, she had sex four times a night. Of course, that's kind of insane metric and hard enough to consider without thinking about it logistically. Still, reactions on social media were, were of course, swift, shocked, and often skeptical. Moreover, she made such a revelation alongside Andy Cohen in the Real Housewives of Miami reunion trailer, which will feature three parts. Despite these claims, much of the conversation surrounding the 48-year-old TV personality is her burgeoning and controversial relationship with Michael Marcus Jordan. As such, many are wondering what this means for that pair, pairing. Okay, let's listen to Laura. Oh, Lord, Laura. She's a grown-ass woman with grown, with big-ass kids. How crazy. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord, I know the kids is like, what is going on with our mama? What the hell is going on? Let's listen. Okay. Let me get the audio together, y'all, because uh, let's see if I can get it here. So y'all can hear, because I'd rather y'all hear it. Jeez. Okay, so we're going to try to look at that. I need to get the audio on with the... Um, Do we have it? Oh, this audio. <sighs> okay, but you know, listen, it's far too much information, and it. Um, and do I believe that story? No. No. <laughs> no, is this what she says? Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can pull it. I'm trying to see, because what she says at the end of this that you guys need to hear. Uh, let me see if I can. If I can find this. My 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 audio is really low on this one, so I'm going to find where... where um, Okay, we'll find one in a minute. Let's see. I mean, it, I mean, you know, just making claims like that, and <laughs> I mean, obviously, what's going on here is that she's trying to get her, uh, her herself back out here, and um, and really, her name. Um, I just feel like she's trying to do everything to like a Kardashian herself. So um, it's interesting that she told that story, but four times a night, girl, uh, four times for 23 years. And she said she didn't, uh, she, uh, she didn't miss a night. Okay. I don't believe that story at all. At all. Okay, I think I have the audio. I have to play it for a minute to get the audio, okay? So here we go. Let's see if we can get it. We can get it up going. Okay, so this is preview from the Real Housewives of Miami season for their reunion. So let me take a put it up here for y'all. We're fighting two cancers. Like one was not enough. I've heard Lenny, he's been a cheater for a long time. Like I know models that he cheat with. A lot of people commented the girls all have a real sisterhood. You haven't given me a sorry. You haven't given me a thank you. You know what? You're not going to castrate me. You're not going to castrate Russell. Who is this from? Read the letter. Dear Adriana, I'm writing to tell you I'm being abused. The culprit of this abuse is Marisol. And he said, I'm a star, I'm a star. If you believe that, you would have not let Lenny do all the same things done to you. What? Yes. 
you know, I don't know what she wants to try to move on into I mean, to some uh, some acting or whatever, but she definitely needed to change her vibe. Uh, and China's a pretty girl. She doesn't need all that. That's You know, so good for her. Okay, good for her. And it says she's warned fans about the dangers of silicone butt socks, like the uh, one she's got but got at 19 but still doesn't look down on going under the knife. China claims that she's just embracing growth and her natural beauty by going back to the baseline. And you know what? This, can I just say this? This gives China some more publicity, okay? It's just now she's taking this publicity and using it to look to go into a more mature space. But this is a way to gain, gain, put her, put her back into the spotlight, but in a good way, okay? It's time to grow, kind of get up, you know, stop that whole thing, the seeds. I don't know if that's working anymore, the whole Black China thing. So she, she, it's time to change up. So good for her, okay? Not a bad thing to do. All right, and so what's other things we need to talk about here that I didn't talk to y'all about? Okay, the Michael Irvin videotape came out this week with an employee. It didn't have any sound on it, but it says Michael Irvin's exchange with an employee in misconduct case seen in hotel video footage. On Tuesday, this is according to BleachReport.com, on Tuesday, Michael Irvin's attorney, Levi McCaffrey, showed security footage of his client exchange with a female employee of a Marriott hotel in Arizona in February after the woman said Irvin sexually harassed her. The video, which does not include audio and thus no record of the actual conversation that took place between Irvin and the woman, it, uh, they show it on this on this page. But they said Irvin has denied any accusation and refiled and refiled a hundred million dollar defamation lawsuit against the company in Arizona after initially filing his lawsuit in Texas Court Fox Four, alongside Marriott Four and hotel employees are named as defendants in the lawsuit. Okay, Marriott. Uh, said Irvin was intoxicating and made lewd advances toward the employee ahead of the Super Bowl when they encountered one another, including asking her if she had ever been with a black man sexually. After Irvin finished leering at the victim and turned back to the employee, he said aloud, she bad, she bad, followed by a sexual remark, Marriott said in a court filing. Uh, TMZ reports, uh, sports reported that Irvin specifically asked the woman if she knew anything about giving a black man, about having a big black man inside of her poor code document. He then slapped himself in the face three times saying, keep it together, Mike, per the filing. Okay. I don't speak like that, Irvin said Tuesday. Uh, I totally did not say that. Irvin also allegedly said he would come back and find her later in the week while she was working for her documents. The woman then told her employees and coworkers the next day about the interaction. Uh, after the accusation was made public, Irvin was removed from his role with ESPN and NFL Network uh, for their coverage. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, I saw the video. I mean, it's hard to gather what was going on because you don't have audio, but what you can see is they're having a conversation. It looks like a present one. In the end, she shakes his hand. Now, there is a point in the conversation where she looks a little bit like she's kind of twisting and stuff like that, but she is talking to a guy she doesn't know. She's talking to Michael Irvin and stuff like that, uh, where it looks so slightly uncomfortable, but not a jolt of surprise. Like if somebody said, would you like a black man inside of you? You know, 
that's shocking. You don't see her at one time like stand back or jarred or anything like that. You see none of that. She reaches out in the end, shakes his hand. You can tell there's a point where she's trying to move on because she's got somewhere she's trying to go. But you see, it does not show you a man, it, uh, something shocking like that happening. To me, her body language is not showing that. Like where I, like, if he said something that crass, it seemed like the reaction would be like swift, you know. Uh, I'm not sure what was said, and ain't nobody else sure what was said. If he say, she say, and for that reason, Marriott and should be held accountable because they, they see men can't even talk to somebody and say hi no more. It can't even be nice because people because you know ain't no telling what somebody gonna say. Well, he said he did this, and he said he did that. I mean, it is. We just live in crazy times, and he was removed from his job. He should sue the NFL Network and ESPN for that too. But for this tape that shows us absolutely nothing, and Michael Irvin had witnesses he claimed that was standing right there and heard the conversation between them. So because I guess there were other fans in there who were looking, who were trying to get him to allegedly sign an autograph or something like that. So they were standing around. So these fans said that that was never said, nothing like that was said allegedly. So this is not looking good for Maria. Uh, and it's just, um, I mean, it was just dumb for them to send him home from from that for for something they were not for sure of, and they could not prove that he had said such a thing. Just crazy. And I'm really, I just really feel why, why I, I never want women to feel victimized or women, I want women to have the right to come if someone's sexually harassing you or sexually assaulting you and stuff like that. And I know how embarrassing and hard those things can be. However, we also have to make sure that people are not just blaming people for doing things because we live in an age where it's guilty until proven innocent. Where it's supposed to be if you're innocent until proven guilty. And we've got a lot of these people moving in a way to make people guilty ahead of time. And I always just say to people, think about how you would want to feel in a situation like that. Or how you want your how you want if you have a brother or a father, uncle or anybody Dad, how would you want them to be treated? I mean, to have somebody lose their livelihood because somebody just accused them of something and then there's no proof that it happened, that's wild. That's some wild shit. And it's it's sad that men can't just have conduct, they got to be so afraid. They just can't conduct natural conversations with anybody. Wow. Just wow, especially celebrities or, or people with money. Just it's a crazy time. Crazy, okay? Um see, what was else is on here that I want to talk about? Uh okay, we got uh um, I think I have that article up. Okay, Diplo, okay. This week, according to page six, Diplo is sure he's gotten oral sex from a guy. Clarifies he's not gay. This is from page six dot com. Says Diplo doesn't want to define his sexuality. 
It says he's not gay. He's not not gay. The DJ told Emily Rata Kowalski in Tuesday's episode of her High Low podcast that he isn't aroused by men that much. So he noted, I'm sure I've gotten a blow drop from a guy before for sure, 100%. Yeah. The model 31 didn't ask Diplo 44 whether he has specific memory to which he played Chloe. And he said, I've gotten a lot of blowjobs, but I don't know. He said, I mean, getting a blowjob is not that gay, I think. Rajowski laughed, saying, I don't know, you tell me. When the music producer asked what they had been speaking about before the subject of his sexuality, the My Body Arthur deadpan Bill Clinton. Uh, Let's see what this is. So here's the thing. He's... um, He's saying that, and you know, we've heard this argument before. It was a, it was a DJ. Remember, if you can remember, in in New York, who was getting blowjobs from transsexuals or, or or men, and he, you know, and you know, finally he just admitted to it. And you know, I personally consider you bisexual, trisexual. It's a lot of trisexuals out here. But it says, Ritasi went was the first to bring up Diplo's sexual orientation early into the episode. Uh, he said, we should talk about what you said to me last night, which is that you're a little gay, she recounted. You want to cut right into that? He asked. I was really into social media. Uh, as they continue to speak about TikTok and Instagram, Diplo, whose real name is Thomas Wesley Pence, mentioned the sexy wood-chopping men often featured on his feet. Um you know, listen, I mean, it's a lot of, I don't know if this is the day and time. I feel like there are so many people that are trisexuals out here. That means they try anything and try everybody, okay? And they don't consider themselves gay or they don't want their sexuality defined. Now, I consider you bisexual, but, I mean, if he want to, you know, sell off whatever narrative he's trying to, he said he a little gay or he's not that gay, well, whatever you feel, okay? But it sounds like a little... Sounds like a little bisexual to me. Okay. <laughs> People be out here just saying anything. Crazy. Um trying to think. Okay, now this story I heard. Wait a minute, should I tell the story the first um Well, okay. I'm gonna talk about this first. We gotta talk about young Miami. A media takeout talking about Miami, young Miami's pregnant by Diddy. Now, of course, I consider the source media takeout, so I don't know if I should take this with a grain of salt. However, I want to use this moment to kind of talk to young ladies. Okay. Um. Let's see. You have this here. Let's have it up. Let's see if I have this. But if this is true, I just won't. Young ladies, I. Why do we keep getting pregnant by the same dudes, like in Hollywood? It's like, what's the deal? 
I just don't understand. He's got a lot of kids. He got a lot of people right now. He got a lot. He got a lot of women. A lot of them. Why would you keep, why would you continue, like, on the baby train with him? I hope it's not true. But if it is, babies are a blessing. But it's just, I'm not understanding what you girls are doing out here. But it says, allegedly, from MediaTakeout.com, Sean Diddy Combs is about to be a father again. Media Takeout is hearing, and his new baby's mama is none other than a female rapper young Miami, and the industry whispers are to, it's the industry whispers are to be believed. We spoke to two independent insiders who told us that they believe that Diddy and his longtime girlfriend, uh, young Miami, are expecting it. <laughs> One insider who was close to Diddy explained Diddy is living his life now with no regrets. He's open to having more children, and Young Miami holds a special place in his heart. The other insider we spoke to is close acquaintance to Young Miami. They told us that the beautiful singer has been living with Diddy in his Miami mansion. And tells us Young Miami has stopped drinking and smoking weed. Okay. Listen, I don't know, child. I don't know if she's pregnant or not. I don't know if this story is true. The other week she was just tweeting Time out. She didn't. She wasn't gonna share her man no more. This is what I'm talking about, girls. It's, you don't got to. You don't got to add to the harem. This man obviously has a harem, and he has a bunch of baby mamas and a bunch of. It's like, can we choose better? So what do you got? Eight hundred thousand dollars. I don't give. I mean, you know, you can. I mean, but having a child with him is a just. I don't know. I just I want you girls to quit. Is there, is there some more guys out there with with who you can procreate with? Really, we gotta keep using the same person, Diddy. I hope you girls are being tested. Okay, make sure you're being tested. It's important, especially when somebody is running around doing all of that that Diddy's doing. Okay, and Nick Cannon is doing. Go get yourself tested. You know, I was hearing a story about, you know, <laughs> uh, being in the industry, like sometimes how they just, certain men will, like, will uh, want to take care of women and, and, and everything, but they want them to be open to them, you know, sexually do all kind of wild stuff, and and you just be wanting to hear them. And, you know, and I mean, I mean, Diddy did what Diddy's payroll was that somebody was saying it was 250 Now, that might be something to consider if that was true. I don't believe that. Because it was 250 grand. <laughs> I was just kidding. What I'm saying is, listen, I mean, you girls have got to think of yourself better than that. I mean, if you got, if you have, unless you just want that kind of relationship and that kind of lifestyle, if you, if you know the man got holes in different area codes, you know what? Why you wanna? Why you wanna deal with him in these, in these, in these disease streets out here? Like, you know, let him, let him be free. Don't get yourself caught up. Especially if he's just having multiple baby mamas all across, because you know he don't like no condoms, and he knows his disease and stuff out here. 
So I'm just telling you, girls, be careful. Choose better. We can do that. Can't we, can't we, young ladies? I know there's better choices out here. I know y'all ain't just relegated to Diddy and Nick Cannon. Okay? I know there's it's a better world out here. Okay? <laughs> All right, let's talk about, um, let's see, what was the next one that I want to talk about? Um, the robots. Human robots are coming. I've been telling you guys this much for years on the show. I've been saying they're coming. The robots are coming. I've been telling y'all on various forums. Well, it says, this is according to my MSN.com. It says, human robots, human-shaped robots, and victorious hands will be staffing warehouses and retail stores, tending to the elderly, and performing household chores within a decade or so, according to Silicon Valley startup working towards that vision. Oh, Lord. Why it matters, demographic trends such as persistent labor shortage, uh, they're trying to say that, and the growing elder care crisis making fully function AI-driven humanoid robots looking look tantalizing appealing. Companies such as Amazon are reportedly worried about running out of warehouse workers whose jobs are physically and mentally demanding with high attention. I don't believe they're worried about working out of uh, running out of workers. I believe they're trying to talk up this so they can be uh okay they can they can have good publicity saying we got a worker shortage. That's why we have to have AI. A good reason for taking your jobs. Um a heavy hidden startup called Figure, which just emerged from stealth mode, is building a prototype of humanoid robot that the company says will eventually be able to walk, climb stairs, open doors, use tools, and lift boxes, perhaps even make dinner. Oh, my God, we are in the twilight zone. I am so convinced we're living in the twilight zone. I wake up every day and say, you know what, I think, am I in the twilight zone? I think I am. Yeah. We are in the Twilight Zone, and this is the Westworld era. So why did they cancel Westworld? Because it was coming to a, a town near you. We're already, we're living Westworld. It's already here. That's what it is. It's just, we're already in it. All right, so um, this week also, uh what is it? I wonder. Uh, Megan Good speaks on her divorce and saying, you know, it was nothing that she uh, would have ever wanted. Um, yeah, I believe that. Uh, you know, and this is what I'll say to Sierra over there. Okay, Sierra, look towards Megan Good. I mean, really, if you can, try to go and sit and have a conversation with Megan Good because I feel like you're you're barking up a little bit of the same tree of Megan Good. If you want to save your marriage, this is, she says, uh, this is according to people.com. It says, Megan Good is getting real about her split from Devon Franklin. The decision to divorce wasn't hers. The Harlem Star shares in her first essence solo cover interview as she details the difficulty resulting from the fallout of the marriage. It's nothing that I would have ever chosen. And when I realized that it was happening, I was devastated, said Gil 41. I was like, this is me, Lord. I did everything that I could to do to my best of my ability. I don't understand why I did all these things. And then this is my end result. 
Ben and Franklin announced the divorce in December. Okay, uh, listen. Um, Good told Essence she still considers Franklin 44 an incredible and beautiful person, confirming that neither did anything malicious towards the other. But once the news of the divorce went public, things questioned the truth behind the 2017 book, The Weight, a powerful practice for finding the love of your life and the life you love. This in turn made Good examine her own approach in love moving forward. Uh, she said, I struggle with that, she admits. I was like, I don't know if I should still be celibate now. I don't know what I should do. I was even at a point early on when I felt obviously I still believe in Jesus, but I'm not sure what to believe about anything else anymore. Good revealed that the divorce was especially difficult because she didn't want to follow in the footsteps of her parents who had also split after 10 years of marriage. Okay, listen. This is what I'm saying, Sierra, about men feeling, and this is what I would say to Sierra, this is about men feeling something and not saying, like, Russell Wilson is probably feeling a certain way and just not saying, you know, it's okay, baby, and all this stuff. But he's not really that type of dude. Same thing with Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin was fiercely trying to take up for Megan Gibbs, these church summits and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes people know they out, they leave. Devon was clearly out of his league. He knew it. At the, you know, it isn't that Megan was bad. It's just that Megan's an actress. And Megan... Uh, is more, uh, she's sexy vibes. She's a lot of things. And, and I don't know if Megan was ready to give up her imaging and everything to be a part of his world. And she has to find a guy with a big enough space that can handle, like, you know, what acting brings. And 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 the bigness of who she is relationship wise, and it's so hard to do that in Devon Franklin. In my opinion, what Devon Franklin was trying to go towards, and plus, I always felt like he, Devon wasn't for sure. Devon is a is a preacher, but he's also a movie exec. I mean, it's a, you know, it's confusing. And when you don't know, I'm not, not dogging him, but I'm just saying when you don't have a clue of where somebody's going, you don't have a clue of what to be for them. You don't have a clue of what to be for that person in a relationship. And I feel like Megan probably found herself saying what, not really knowing probably the role, who she should play. Am I a preacher's wife? Am I a movie executive wife? I'm also an actress. I also have my own seeds going on. Who am I? And who am I to him? And how do I accompany this person? But you can't be a help me to nobody that don't know what direction they're going in. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. It's what it is. Right. So I'm not surprised at that one, right, that she said. And, you know, she. I guess that's implying that uh, he uh, he, entered, he ended the rest relationship and not her. Now, I am not going to talk about I thought about tonight talking about escape issues, but we already know Natasha Scott is a lot of the, her, her issue and the group's issues. I mean, it's a lot with them. It's a whole lot. I have not seen the reality show yet. Not quite sure I want to. I love SWV, but I'm like, do I really want to see the talk show with, these, with everybody when I already know what's getting ready, what the, the, the problem, going problem going to be? And I've talked about Escape before. I talked about who the stars of Escape was. I don't feel like I got to go back over this again. You got to catch it in the archive show, okay? 
<laughs> All right, and uh, Cher is serious about her new man. People are saying Cher and Music Exec, 40 years her junior, will make it official at the uh, at the Versace show. More Rick uh, at uh, Versace show coming up. Uh, listen, I, you know what? I'm for Cher having her friend. She out here in these streets. I mean, you know, she's 70-some years old. She she rolling with the little youngin. Do what you got to do, Cher. I mean, <laughs> whatever makes you feel good for us. <laughs> I'm sure that's, that, that, that's, a, lot, that's a lot of work <laughs> over there at 70-some years old. Okay. Um, okay, so that's my last story. Yeah, I think, wait, you know what, no, I don't want to end it with that man, that story. Mm, I don't think I'll end it with that story. There was one more story, but I don't want to end it with that, okay? Okay, you guys, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you guys for listening in, and uh, thank you for hanging out with me uh, this week. I hope you enjoy uh, the show in the for the Archive family. Uh, I will try to uh, have a show sometime during the week. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me see. Yes, sir. I thought I had another story I was supposed to share. No, I think I got it off. Okay. Yeah, so um, uh, I hopefully I'll have a – maybe I'll try to have a show in the middle of the week. I'm not going to promise you that. If not – we will, I'll see you guys next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Well, enjoy the rest of your uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's not much rest, but enjoy it. And uh, I will see you guys uh, next week. Okay, I'm out. Listen, just you know, it's one of those. Things. I want to. I'm so excited. I'm ready to go see. I'm going to look at the other episode. I'm kind of hyped tonight, so I'm going to look at the other episode, like one more episode of The Swarm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm interested now. I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm really interested now. <laughs> so I'm excited about this, so I'm going, to, I'm going to do this right now, okay? So you guys, have a good one. I will see y'all. We'll leave out tonight with, what are we going to leave out tonight with? Uh, let's leave out with Just to Touch Slave. It's the CC Show. Y'all have a good one, and remember I'm not going to come back on, but here's what I'll say. You're listening to the Archive Show. Uh, remember, you can hit me up on at Carlotta, uh, a C-Chat with Show and Carlotta72. Those are my two quick Twitter accounts. You can also hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page and Instagram, Carly's underscore Galaxy. All right? I will see y'all. Have a good one. Now, let me go see Swarm or Swarm and <laughs> see the rest of this. I'll see y'all about five. Mm-hmm.